So Alyssa, what we talk about today is like at the heart of, I think, why we put this podcast together in the first place. It's really about how important these issues are to people's lives, how you see it in the office, I see it in the businesses that they're creating, but it's also part of their everyday lives. So Tamsin Fidel, who folks might know as a journalist or an author or an influencer, um, really jumped into this when she didn't jump, when she fell on the floor in the bathroom of her workplace with symptoms that she couldn't explain. Yeah, well, this is very resonating to me because this is what people come into the office concerned about. They have an episode, they recognize it as a medical issue, but don't necessarily make the connection that maybe this is their foray into the menopausal uh, experience and it can be frightening. Uh, But I am just loving that she's bringing accurate information to the masses through a documentary, through a book, and she's not afraid to speak about her own personal experience, which really matters. You know, and she does it with so much energy. She's such a positive person. So it's hard to picture her being down and out, um, even for a minute. But, you know, like so many people in this space, she's just adding something that people need. In her case, it's information. In other cases, it's a product or service. But we could be doing this show 12 hours a day, every day. There's so much to talk about and so many people who are making contributions. Well, the other thing that I'm really thrilled she's speaking about is menopause in the workplace, because this has been the ultimate taboo and it really does affect people's productivity and work, but also uh, it's an economic burden. So it's something that needs to be discussed. Welcome to the business of the V. Hello, friends and colleagues. I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck. And I'm Rachel Braunschirl. Each week, we bring you the most fascinating investors, inventors, entrepreneurs, academics, and healthcare practitioners who are making things happen in women's sexual and reproductive health. If you are a woman, know a woman, have a business, or care about your V health and wellness, fasten your seatbelts and listen in to another informative and inspiring episode. We are so excited to have our guest today, Tamsin Fidel, who has many, many roles and wears many hats. You might know her as a journalist, um, an Emmy Award-winning journalist, and she's segued in that role and added menopause influencer to the work that she does based on her real experience. So we are so happy to see you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So how do we go from like broadcasting news to broadcasting menopause <laughs> symptoms? How does that happen? I don't know. I ask myself that sometimes because I, I spent so much time thinking like if I'm a newscaster. I've got to adjust the facts. Got to be, you know, everything's got to be perfect. And then I went, you know what? Everything's not so perfect in life right now. So I'm going to just share it and see what happens. And so um, that's how it came about. And yeah, I think it's even a surprise to me, but I had a incident about two years ago in the studio where I was, it was 1039, it was a Friday night and I always remember it like yesterday because it was, uh, it was so shocking to me is that I was, I was looking at the teleprompter and I was having a hard time for like that first half hour with the words. And, and I'd been having that for a while. Like I'd look at a word and couldn't remember the word or I'd look at a word and it wouldn't, it wouldn't come out and I'd skip it and go to the next one. And I thought, oh my gosh, what is going on? You need more sleep or you need more caffeine or you need, you know, I didn't know what was happening. And then I got scared 
that it was something more than that. And then this particular night, um, everything sort of happened. Like I couldn't even process what was in the prompter. I had this overwhelming, like hot, not like just a hot flash, like this over, overtook me. My heart was racing out of control. And I, I'm in a studio of, of, of guys. And I said, Hey, if I fall off this stool, cause the, you know, chairs, I said, someone catch me trying to make light of it. Cause I didn't know what was going on. And I was like a little embarrassed to be weak. And, uh, one of the, one of the guys I work with had the foresight to say, you know what, you should get down off there and just, you know, sit this one out. And I've never gotten off the set. I've never, you know, had to run to the bed, none, none of that stuff. And so I did get off the set. He walked me to the bathroom. I literally just like, kind of collapsed down onto the floor. And I remember I was laying there with my face, like looking at the side of the toilet. And I thought, I don't know if I'm going to throw up, but I don't, I don't know what was going to happen. My heart was just where you could hear it. And, um, he and my boss got me out to the car and I went home and, you know, I, I was for the whole weekend, like what in the world? Like I didn't feel great, but I didn't know what happened. And I finally started doing, you know, I'm a researcher by trade. That's what I do. And I started trying to figure out what was going on. And I, I really was kind of starting in the brain thinking like something must be wrong. Like, I don't know, like I, I couldn't see it correctly. You know, am I having something wrong with my head? Is it Alzheimer's? I had no idea. And so I started going doctor to doctor to doctor, and I went to an endocrinologist. I got blood drawn. I went to, I went one after the other, and um, my gynecologist um, at the time said to me, "Well, you know, look, look, there's some changes. We'll see." And I wound up doing tests, and um, he wrote my patient portal in menopause. Any questions? And that was it. And I remember I was getting on the plane to Tampa from Tampa, and I remember going, and and I don't, I don't have, you know, Rachel is, I don't have children and and i remember going like oh my gosh i can't have children anymore now i wasn't trying to have children i already knew that but the emotional <laughs> that goes with it on top of the fact that like oh my gosh I'm, I'm of this certain age and 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 so that's where it came about and then you know i've, I've had been lucky enough to have women like rachel and others in my life that have, have talked about these things but i hadn't happened to me so like then they talked about it but it hadn't happened to me yet and um, I lost my mom at 51. And so I was, I never saw her go through menopause because she had breast cancer. So she went through a medically induced menopause. I've since found out 20 years later. Um, so that's how it started. And then I started talking about it. And then I was afraid to talk about it like on Instagram because that's supposed to be the perfect place. So I went to TikTok <laughs> and I started talking on TikTok. <laughs> all of a sudden one of the videos went like over a million another one went to almost two million and i went uh-oh i think there's a conversation that needs to be happening here that's where it started and the it wasn't just like hey like because i wasn't doing like a menopause dance i was talking i was literally like listing symptoms so anyway that's that's where it began wow so you've unpacked so much that i see and <laughs> every single day and i really just want to make a shout out to you and the people around you at that time, because the first time you start to have symptoms, you really have no idea what's going on and you really get scared. Am I having a heart attack? Am I having a stroke? What's going on here? And you went down all the proper paths to get checked out. I see this all the time in the office where women complain of exactly a situation such as you described, and we have to rule out all the medical things, but we also 
land at the diagnosis of perimenopause or menopause. So kudos to you for bringing this to the masses. Um, I am just curious because TikTok in my mind is always for the five-year-olds or 12-year-olds or maybe teenagers who want to dance around. <laughs> and I wasn't really imagining too many menopausal women looking for their information there. So how did that come to mind for you? You know, it's funny. Um, so I work with uh, somebody who helps me with social media. And he said to me, girl, I'm noticing that, you know, you should be on the TikTok platform. And, and he's younger. And I, I said, like, I'm not doing TikTok. I'm not dancing, pointing, singing, you know, pulling my shirt up so you can see my stomach. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing any of those things. Like, that's crazy. I need to be on Instagram and Facebook. And, and he said, well, let's just try. And I said, well, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. I don't have anything to say. And so I tried to do, I remember during the pandemic, because I had to broadcast from home for two months. And I'm like, I'm going to try TikTok. So I did it like everybody else. And I like did this thing and it was awful. And literally for a year, it had like eight views. And so that was it. I'm like, oh, not doing this anymore. <laughs> this is horrifying for my self-confidence and my self-esteem. Like, forget it. And um, so he said, no, let's just talk about what you're always talking about. Because I've been working on this documentary about menopause after this all happened to me. And so I said, um, okay, I'll just, just the facts. Like, that's what I know how to do as a journalist, just the facts. And so that's what I did. And I literally listed 34 symptoms of menopause. And this thing went like over a million views. And I went, oh. And then, and then it wasn't just that it had a million views, but the, the part to me that was important was that it had conversation happening. And so people were talking and people were asking questions. And then I'm like, oh, I better find out some answers to these questions. So then everybody would ask a question and I do another video, another video, another video, answering questions because they were giving me the, what they wanted to know. And um, so now that's what's happened. I don't know how oh, it happened actually. So if I'm in the bathroom and I'm talking about something, I go on there with no makeup and I certainly don't look like this. And I just talk and it's mm -hmm. kind of refreshing. I love that this 34 symptoms of menopause has become such like the vernaculum because actually there's probably more than 34 symptoms. 34 yeah, symptoms. I was schooled on it. It is surely I, not in any medical books. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that seems to be like the overwhelming fact. So kudos. I know, I know, you know, you know what? I got I got schooled on it. So then I went back and I redid them all and then I added all the ones that people were giving me. So I don't even know how many there are anymore. I just keep adding them to new videos. <laughs> so there's more than that was just the first video. So I don't know what number we're up to, but people keep adding their symptoms, which is kind of, I think it's kind of cool. So there's so much in what you said. First of all, having known you for a while, mm -hmm. I don't think you ever would have dreamt that you would have done this. I mean, when you're in, on TV oh. about youth and no not letting anybody know um, that you're getting older, even though as the days pass, you clearly are. So from a personal perspective, I'm just, it's so wonderful to see this because this isn't a place you ever thought you would be. The other piece that's shocking is that here you are, you are a researcher. You are a fact finder for a living. You talk about facts, you tell people facts, you investigate all day. And here you were, I would say, an extraordinarily educated person with all the resources to find answers. And you're laying on the floor of your bathroom at work and you have no idea. And lucky for lots of people, you decided to turn that into a way to get information and share it. But it just speaks to how terrifyingly surprising this is and shouldn't be. And Liz, I want to go to you next about the people in your office. 50% of the people on the planet are going to go through menopause. 
at some point. How is it possible that reading the symptoms aloud, and I'm sure it was your excellent delivery, how is that news? So, you know, Alyssa, you, you've always used the expression, people come into your office and they, they, they don't know what's going on and they say, am I going crazy? What do you tell them when it's often menopause? Yeah, well, look, there's a huge disconnect with many of the symptoms that I'm sure you're speaking about on your TikTok and, and, and on your documentary and what's actually happening. Because remember, menopause doesn't happen from one night to the next. It is a transition that could take even, you know, eight, nine, 10 years so that symptoms kind of wax and wane. And, you know, who thinks about that? And this may be starting as early as, you know, in your late 30s, early 40s. And it brought up such a good point, Tamsin, about your mom that you didn't have her history to go by when, in fact, we really can look to our moms if we're fortunate enough to have their stories as a window in time and a little predictor of what we might go through, you know, give or take some lifestyle measures, but for sure, sure. there's some genetic component. Um, but the disconnect is real. And I think uh, the only time that people really make the connection immediately is with a change in their menstrual habits. And that mm-hmm. is uh, oftentimes the, the first indication. I, you know what I, I'm curious about is that um, perimenopause, like I'd never heard that. I'd never heard that phrase until like two years ago or whatever. But I, is that a newer phrase? Look at me, I'm asking you the questions. I'm, is that a newer phrase or is that something that has been around forever and I just didn't know? Because to your point, Rachel, I, like how, how did I cover everything? years of journalism and I've never, I can tell you, I've never said the word menopause on television until last at the end of last year when I finally started dealing with it, I never said the word. It wasn't in stories. It wasn't I mean, 2002 maybe, but I guess I don't even remember saying that ever. Before Alyssa answers that, just share with people why menopause might have been in the news in 2002. Share that right Oh, yes. Menopause has been in my world forever, so it's hard for me right. to look at this from the perspective of the not gynecologist. Um, but yes, of course, you know, menopause was something that was a taboo subject. Nobody really spoke about it. Women went on hormone therapy in an effort to feel better. And it was like, you know, magic pills, if you will, for for so many people. And then a big study came out that was actually not reported very accurately, but it suggested that, you know, hormones are kind of all bad. Your breast cancer, uterus cancer, cardiovascular event, and uh, you know, everybody came off. It was like a huge plummet in the number of prescriptions of hormone therapy. In hindsight, it turns out that there were certain aspects of this study that were a little bit faulty, including the age of the women who were in the study were way older than they should have been to be studied for these issues. And number two, they were only given one particular form of hormone therapy, which may in and of itself have nuances that are worse or more negative when compared to what we currently prescribe for women who want to take hormone therapy. So bottom line is the entire subject matter fell off the face of the earth and women were just kind of asked to grin and bear their symptoms. And they did. But that's no longer the case. And a lot of this is thanks to people like you because you're bringing this to the forefront and people are becoming less afraid to talk about it. I also want to say it's time that we reframe this. This is my little editorial for today. To reframe menopause is not a negative. It's a known entity. It, it, they, there are lots of good things that come out of the menopause state, and I prefer to focus on those. Don't need contraception if you don't want to use that. You won't have any more bleeding. That's a certainly a plus. And a lot of times women find that it's a liberating time. They 
kids may have launched a little bit if they have kids. Maybe they yeah. have really moved forward in their professional careers. So I'll stop talking, but I, I'm, I'm all in for the yeah, more optimistic approach to this subject matter. I, I love that because I think it's so it's so important because I, I see a lot of the people that, you know, answer me on TikTok say, like, thank you for giving me hope. That's my, my little study is this big compared to the, the world that you see or the world that's out there. And so it's um, it's it's pretty incredible. And I guess I I love the fact that you're both doing this, too, because there are so many you know companies out there helping. But I think there's a lot of information that people have to get through, too, because it can be you know, it was scary to me. I, I had no idea. And I and I do it for a living. So and I had no idea. So here's today's hot flash. A 2022 U.S. survey reported that 17% of women reported that menopause symptoms caused them to leave their job or think about leaving. You know, it really is interesting what, you know, Liz is talking about the solutions of which hormone replacement therapy is an option, you know, in consultation with your doctor. That was also a little editorial. Um, but what's <laughs> interesting is there's so many companies right now who are taking that stance. Like menopause is not maybe inspiring, maybe not energizing, but there are positives. There are ways to deal with the symptoms. You're at the peak of your intellectual capabilities, potentially. You're bringing 30 plus years to your workplace. As Alyssa said, you might have opened up some free time, maybe, if there's such a thing um, in your life. Um, what I'm curious from you know, you are a researcher and you and you like to find answers to hard questions. What kind of research have you been doing in terms of books or interviewing experts or does that go right into your documentary? Yeah, I mean, that's what we're trying to do. Um, you know, I have a partner that I'm working on it with, but, you know, we I didn't we didn't realize when we went into it, the uh, how many tent poles there were that we were talking about. You know, we were like, um you know, one billion women are going to be in menopause by 2025. Oh my gosh. And here are some of their stories. And then we went, oh, hold on. There's this whole business of the business of menopause. Then there is not just that, but there's the emotional aspect. There's a there's an intersection midlife and menopause. And then there's, you know, the, me the media's, you know, messaging of it. And there's workplace. And there's, you know, the fact that it's funny, we were pulling TV clips to include in this at, and we realized there's like maybe 10 shows over the course of the last 50 years of television that have mentioned it or have any kind of, now it's gotten more and more common, you know, if you're watching, you know, Grace and Frankie or, or Frankie or whatever, if you were watching those kind of shows, but, but up until in the last, you know, up until the last three years, there was not any mention of it. So we have found so many different areas of it. Um, and what's exciting to me is that so there's so Is the documentary based on that? Is the documentary like 12 hours long now? No, no, no. <laughs> but, but I realized every as we were saying like, okay, this is what it's about. Then we had to bring something else in because it doesn't work without everything. You're not telling the whole story. And so that was um, exciting for me. And, and Rachel, you know, when the last time I talked to you, I was like, well, we're going to do a talk. The first time I called Rachel about this, actually, by the way, full disclosure, I went, hey, I just want you guys to know there's like a lot of women going through menopause. And Rachel goes, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I went, oh, okay. Because when you're going through it, it's like, oh, and I'm sure, you know, as a doctor, you're like, yeah, I got all that. Lady. Thanks, lady. But I, I find that the lack of information, because you can only get to, you know, as many people as are coming in your office or are listening to a book or a podcast, 
And so I, I feel like the more that we're talking about it and have podcasts directly talking about this, is there more that you're going to get, you know, that word out there so somebody can repeat and repeat and repeat. So the the documentary is is focused on all of it. But, it, you know, I think that the, the main part of it is also to tell the stories in the right way. I don't want it. We want it to be entertaining and educational, not you know depressing and fearful. And then, you know, a little bit of humor because that doesn't help anybody. Nobody learns anything from being scared right. or, you know, has so a the, Would you think it has an optimistic tone? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, uh, optimistic and realistic. You know, we want it to have both. It has to have those ups and downs because that's what life is. But, um, you know, as we would do the interviews and we, we still have uh, a few more stories that we're, we're finishing out, as we would do the interviews, it would go from like, oh my gosh, this is what happened to me. And then in this like hilarious moment in the middle of the interview and you go, oh, because that's real life. You know, that's real life is that there's that fine line, you know, between all of it. And so um, I guess I feel for me anyway, is that um, midlife was something to be feared because of my mother's, the history of my mother. And uh, I didn't know see life past 51 in my, in my head. And now I see it as this whole new thing that I, could never have imagined I was going to experience. So for me, it's an exciting time, but it comes with it, you know, a lot of questions. And I think that that's what I'm trying to do is answer those questions and talk to experts to help do that because I don't have that advice. I don't have that information, but I have, you know, the ability to be able to ask a lot lot of questions. (laughs) It's funny. I, I, I see so many different scenarios play out in office you know again i i practice in the northeast here in new york so i guess that automatically makes my audience a little bit uh different than everybody else but you know six thousand women a day are going into menopause that's unbelievable i would say there's a, a portion in my office who are so miserable they, they literally can't get out of their own ways. It's it's really awful and uh, uh, rough for them to just have a reasonable quality of life, whether it's due to hot flashes, night sweats, whether it's sexual side effects that occur, dryness, discomfort during intercourse and that type of thing. Some of the mental fog that you bring up. I mean, I'd say these three types of symptoms and weight gain are what I hear about all day, every day, and people want answers and solutions. And I feel comfortable that there are answers and solutions. It just can't be a one-size-fits-all. But then it also really amazes me that some women, nothing, not a thing. I know. Some of it is genetic. Some of it, they, you know, have been helpful all along, maybe taking proactive measures with diet and exercise and stress reduction. Are you seeing that in the people you're speaking to? A hundred percent. You know, what's interesting is that um, we went out into Times Square because we wanted to kind of get that pulse of people from all over and just stop them on the street. So they weren't planning. You know, MOS is always the the scariest and the most fun thing to do. Scariest because you don't know if you're going to get anything and the most fun because you're going to get something you never expected. Right. And and this really alarmed us. We talked to five women in a row that said, I breezed right through it. I didn't have anything. I breezed. And I went, how's where are all these women coming from? Like, how did that, how come I'm not one of these women? I was stunned by that. I have to tell you that I was really stunned by it. Now that wasn't clearly, it was not everybody, but, but the one, but when we did five in a row and I'll never forget it. And I turned to my production partner, I said, do you think maybe it's not as common as we think it is? And then we wound up, you know, doing more research and saying like, okay, we were, we were misled by ourselves, you know, but I was very, I was really surprised by that. And so I'm glad to hear you say that because I, 
I had no idea that that was an option. And I wish I had chosen that one to have no symptoms. Well, guess what? If you, uh, you know, we know there are certain triggers to some of the menopause symptoms, for example, alcohol, caffeine, and stress. So I think if you go to a Starbucks, maybe you'll find uh, some flat yeah. women or, or touch another wine bar. Yeah. You had said that you had passed the age when you were thinking about having a family, but when yeah. you entered menopause and actually finally figured out what it was yeah. or helped to figure out what it was, you had that feeling. I remember thinking, what if one of my kids either can't carry a child or their partner can't carry a child and now I can't carry the baby for them? Like, literally, that's what I don't know. Like, that's not even normal. But that's okay. I'm just going to chime in here. Actually, you, as long as you have a uterus, you could technically. But yes, I know where you're going with that. <laughs> so, thank you. But it's just, it's amazing. And one of the things it points out that Alyssa is so good about talking about with her patients and, and on the show is it affects every aspect of your life. You passed out in the bathroom in your place of work where you have a particular image that you wanted to portray. That affects your self-esteem. That affects your job. Yeah. That affects your anxiety level. I, it's, so one of the things that's so important about all the conversations that you're um, catalyzing and that we're hoping to be a part of also is that it's not a little thing. And most of the things that happen in women's lives that are physiological or emotional are everything else too. They're social, yeah. they're behavioral, they're contextual. So, you know, when we first met and we're talking about arousal and you couldn't say the word vagina, forget about on TV, you couldn't say it anywhere. You know, and people don't really understand unless you're spending time learning about it. It affects everything. Yeah. We had this amazing yeah. um, guest on. <clears throat> we were talking about incontinence and they said, you know, some people just make so many changes in their lives, you know, if you're incontinent, you might not want to engage in intimacy. And the one that just struck me is you don't want to pick up your own grandchild. And that was just, wow, that was just so illuminating to me about how big these things are in terms of how they, they impact you. I was going to say, I just want to kind of go back to the workplace. I mean, your initial episode of concern was in your workplace and people clearly responded very uh, diligently and immediately. Yes. And has anything changed in your workplace to perhaps accommodate for other women who are dealing with symptoms? Because this is something I hear about in practice. I hear about thermostat wars in boardrooms. I hear about, you know, no allowances for, uh, you know, women who have been loyal and faithful and amazing workers for years and years. And uh, but because maybe of their menopause symptoms, they feel that their work life has been disrupted. What's your thought on that? Has that come across in any of your conversations? Yeah, I, I don't think it, you know, I was, I've been asked about that before, and I don't know that it's come across in conversations, but I know that my, you know, because of what I do for a living, the, the, my workplace has been really supportive about me talking about it. You know, I don't, I think I could probably remember a time 10 years ago that maybe if you were in the media, they wouldn't love for their main anchor to be saying like, uh, hey, I'm, I'm old and I'm this and I'm that. And I, I, I think that um, I'm really proud I guess I, I felt I felt very supported by it. I feel like I can walk into the news studio and I can talk openly about it. And I think, you know, part of it is the fact that maybe, you know, there's more conversation out there about it. I think that um, I hope that I am 
an example to the younger women that are here that they can talk about it, whether it's to me or to somebody else, and they feel supported. And I have had conversations here, which has been really, really nice. So yeah, I can't say enough about the fact that I feel supported here. I know though, and I've talked to a lot of the women that have not felt like that. They have felt very, um, you know, shame, shameful about their symptoms and uncomfortable or been in a room where they can't say something. I mean, I'm a very vocal person, first of all, and I work for, uh, you know, my, my direct uh, boss is a woman. And so that makes things even better. So I'll just walk in and be like, I'm going to the hot flash. And she, you know, <laughs> and I can talk about it, but I don't, I don't know that everybody has been that, is that lucky to be able to have that. So I feel very, um, I feel very lucky to be able to do that. You know, in that moment, I don't think there would be anything anybody could have done because I didn't know. It's interesting, though, the guy that helped me off of the set said to me, um, we talked like a year later because, you know, the, the pandemic happened. We went into the pandemic like in March. And he said to me, um, I thought you were having a heart attack because I know how hot, you know, the statistics of women having a heart attack and the age that you were in. He was like really delicate about it. And I said, you did? I said, I didn't know what was happening. He goes, that's what I was really worried about. And that's why I called your boss to bring, bring in the other guy downstairs to help me. And I thought, oh, my gosh. So that was incredible foresight at that time. But, you know, when you talk about the workplace, I, I do um, feel supported myself. I would like other women to feel like that in other places that they work. Because we did talk to a few um, in the study and we've had a lot of people give, bring video diaries in and have said, like, I wanted to literally rip off my shirt in the middle of a board yep. meeting or I, you know, I was sweating like crazy. My, my uh, partner <clears throat> said to me, she like, I'd be in a room talking and I had to literally tell the people I was talking to, like, I have brain fog and I just don't even know what I'm you know, saying anymore. So bear with me. So I, I just, you know, but I don't think everyone has it that easy because I think some people feel like they're going to be judged or they're going to be considered too old or they're going to be feeling irrelevant. Yeah. And to your point, you know, that comes with this age. It's a lot of fear of not being relevant anymore. Well, I'm hoping that I, conversation I, changes. But I, I love hearing you say this out loud. I have now heard about uh, big corporations having women's wellness officers on site mm -hmm. who, who work yeah. there. Uh, I love to hear that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And what we're seeing in the UK specifically, they're further ahead than we are. You know, we mm -hmm. got together with let's have fertility and maternity and egg freezing benefits so that we don't lose our most valuable professionals during that time of life. And hopefully we'll get there with menopause, certainly in the US. But in the UK, there are companies that are now saying, these are our best and brightest. These people have 30 years of experience. They're incredibly valuable to our organization. Let's offer them benefits, whatever they might be. Maybe it's a, a cooling room or the flexibility to, you know, be on Zoom when they, they can't be in a meeting, whatever it is, but really using that as a tool yep. to keep yep. people. And, you know, I really bend towards the, the business piece, but I, I think that when money is involved, things change. So yeah. if I know that I'm losing you, you're now, you know, I don't know how many hours of TV you do a day now, but losing you would be a big loss to, to the station. And so it's terrific that they were wonderful. And I would love that story to be the one that other people hear. Like, here's a way that we kept a real talent who's been in our work family for all these years because there are women, you know, it was partially COVID and childcare and a million other things that sure. women leaving the workforce, but there is research now suggesting that menopause and the symptoms and the inability to feel comfortable in a workplace 
are also contributing to women. I'm in. I I actually think there's the hormone replacement shortage in the UK, and that's part of this issue that they're trying to you know do a good work around. But either way, I think the workplace has to uh, appreciate what's going on. So, um, are you writing a book now? Can you tell us a little about that? I yeah, I've been working on a book for a while, but um, because it, I just keep getting more information, and I'm like, is that relevant? Is this relevant? But it really is the intersection of this of, of midlife. You know, originally I'm like, I'm going to write a book about midlife and these incredible stories of women doing different things, and then I realized when when menopause hit and I was in, had the pandemic hit, I I pulled everything back and said, wait a minute, like there's more. This is this has to be like full, you know, 360. It's it can't just be one little 30 percent of this is like, hey, we're over 50 and we're doing great. And um, because I wanted to address all these different issues. So it's really about midlife, menopause, and five and meaning. Um, because the, I, would, I kept brushing up against this phrase, now what? You know, like in my own life. And I thought, wow, I, I kept meeting different people, that men and women, that were saying like, well, now what am I supposed to do? I hit this certain age. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be in my career. I wanted to be in my career. Now what am I going to be doing? And um, I think that this is, you know, one of the first times maybe the, the maybe people who are, you know, Gen X and, and Baby Boomer are are both in this place saying, like, I got another 20 years, 30 years plus, what am I doing now? Like, I hadn't planned all this. I thought I was going to be, you know, retiring or being able to, you know, do not wanting to do something else. And so that got me really, really fascinated, a lot of their stories. So I've interviewed a lot of these different people, mostly women, to talk about that. And then how to uh, combat some of the things that we deal with in midlife and menopause and with our minds and our brains and what to do differently. So it's that intersection of those three things. And, and so I, um, I guess for me, I, I feel like I'm almost writing a journal, <laughs> but it's really doing interviews, which is what I love to do. And um, then getting, re- getting information of, of solutions. Yeah. So that's what it's about. And I'm, I'm hoping that it's helpful to people because when I saw that content work on TikTok, I went, oh, there's more to this story than what oh, I think there yeah. is. You know, so. pe- people want to know they're not alone also. They want to be part of a community. Yeah. So if it's a TikTok community or a book community club or something along that line. So best And I promise that. I'm not dancing. I'm not doing a menopause dancing. <laughs> but we are going to have in July a menopause talk. We just kind of like pulled it together because there are some people out there doing some kind of cool content on on um, on menopause. And um, so then some are making it fun. Some are, some are dancing and doing funny things and talking about hot lashes. But um, mine's a little more down, you know, just the facts. <laughs> so before we leave, I mean, we could talk all day. When can we expect to see the documentary? I don't know. Well, we're hoping within it. I know we're hoping within the next year, the documentary, the book, probably a little bit longer. But, you know, we're just trying to make sure that we thoroughly follow the stories of these women to give it justice and make sure that we um, get all parts of it because we've done um, it with traditional trying to follow their stories. And then I feel like things are changing at lightning speed and this makes in the business part of it. And in the, and I keep saying to myself, oh my gosh, is there going to be some other kind of thing beside um, hormone and we're going to be ready to release this? And they're going to say, we've got something else to fix it. But um, yes, I feel like the answer is yes, yes, and yes. That's what I think. I'm like, do we? Yes. Do we release it sooner or later? But um, I'm hoping within the next year, and I'll make sure and let you know. I, I promise we'll be shouting it from the rooftops because um, I'm excited, and I'm excited about the support we're getting with a lot of the different companies too. So that's very cool to me. I haven't met one person that hasn't been so supportive that are heading up the companies or heading up podcasting, doing writing books that I haven't said like, "Tell me how to be a part. Tell me what I can do, and tell me who I can tell." And that's kind of cool. Well, whatever you do, you do with elegance and intellect. So we're really looking forward uh, to this. And um, I you both. 
we're so thankful that you're, you know, making the world safe for people to talk about menopause, but really creating a platform where, Thank you know, you. in so many ways, you didn't think you'd be in the conversation. And, and now, you're, oh my gosh, <laughs> and now you're a big part of meeting it. So thanks for putting yourself out there. Thank you. Thank you for the time to talk. It was, I learned so much, so I appreciate it. Don't forget, subscribe to our podcast at businessofthev.com for the latest trends and trendsetters in women's health and business.